Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. I believe in in the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. Three days later, he rose from the grave and ascended into the heavens where he sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost. In the communion of the saints. In the forgiveness of sin. In the redemption and the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. The Nicene Apostle, or the Apostles' Creed has been a part of our tradition as followers of Jesus Christ since the third century. From the early days, people wrestling with the texts, trying to answer the question who is this God? who has revealed himself to us through power and creation and the word. We have a lot of ologies in our lives, some you're very familiar with. Psychology is very popular these days. Zoology, the study of animals and life. And of course, theology. Ology, that word means the study of. So the study of self, the study of, of animals, the study of God. Theos. An interesting study. When we, in fact, are the subject... And God is the object. We are created. God is the creator. How arrogant for us to establish schools of theology so that we can determine who God is. Interestingly enough, over the ages... Schools of theology have become schools of religion. It's a very subtle shift that has occurred. But it is a, a shift that is rich in symbolism. Because it removes God one step away and it elevates humanity one step above. We are the ones who study a religion and how it impacts 
rather than being those of us who want to study God, that we might have a clearer understanding of who God is, who God has been revealed in history, in creation, and most significantly in His Word. This is uh, the year of doing deep dive theology, and I question my sanity in uh, attempting to do this, specifically thinking that I'm going to come out here on a Sunday morning uh, in which we have to say goodbye to uh, a longtime staff member where, we, where we, we've got uh, uh, Neil and Elizabeth are here from, from Scotland, and boy, I wish that, uh, uh, that they were here longer. I'd put him up here uh, and, and hear the word from him and... and and, and, and also we're going to do communion, and I'm going to talk about God, the Creator, this morning. <laughs> and it's 941. <laughs> In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Powerful words. And the verses that follow talk about a God who creates everything that has been created. Nothing that has been made was made apart from Him. All that we see, all that we are, spoken into existence by the God who is who was and always will be. C.S. Lewis made the statement that the only way for Hamlet to know Shakespeare would be if Shakespeare wrote himself into a play. And then he suggests, similarly, that the only way the creature can ever know the Creator would be if the Creator inserted himself into history. The incarnation is yet another facet of our God that I will deal with on a future Sunday. It would have been perfect to do it on a communion Sunday, but we don't live in a perfect world. <laughs> but if you have your elements, I would invite you to take them out now. Because I don't want to rush through this. And I know in the past I have been guilty of that. You're right, Neil. It is dangerous to trust a pastor with a microphone. <laughs> the culmination of the incarnation, the challenges of wrapping our minds around the idea that the Savior would be born as a child, an infant, the most helpless state, to be like us, to understand everything that we go through and yet without sin, to arrive at a point in time where he had invested his life in his disciples to bring them to the night that he was arrested and one last time pour into their lives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust me. Trust me. For I am going to prepare a place for you. We don't know where you're going. Where are you going? You know the way that I'm going. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. He gathered around that table and he took the bread and he, and he broke it. And he said, my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Oh, Lord, as we come to this table, open up our hearts and our minds that we might understand what this communion means for us. Your body given for us. Help us to examine our lives. That we might confess our sins. Knowing that there is forgiveness through the cross. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And they took the bread. My body given for you. Please take and eat, all of you. And in a similar manner, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new covenant poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink and know that I will not partake of the fruit of the vine again until I drink it anew in my Father's kingdom. The cup is service and sacrifice. For us, it is salvation. The forgiveness of sins. And a call to follow in the footsteps of the one that we call Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, as we partake of this cup, renew that call in our lives that we might be worthy of the name disciples, Christians, followers of Jesus. Amen. Drink. Ordinary elements set aside for an extraordinary purpose. A purpose that was set forth before the world began. In the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. All things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Powerful words. It's a stroke of brilliance on John's part to begin his gospel with these words. The, the, the nod to the opening verses in Genesis are not to be missed. In the opening words of Genesis, as Jan read for us, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And that idea of in the beginning, before time began, as we understand it, as a function of creation and all that we see, God already existed. The pre-existing one. 
was there before there was anything. And he literally speaks. And his words become reality. Creation. Everything that was made comes from God. That's a staggering thought, but so important for us to wrap our minds around this idea that God is outside of creation. God is outside of time. This is the first theological book I ever purchased. It's the oldest book in my library by William Evans, The Great Doctrines of the Bible. As a, as a fairly new believer, uh, I was invited to be a part of uh, a college and young adult Bible study that my friend was going to lead. And the, uh, but he had to miss uh, every fifth Sunday because of his work rotation. So the pastor said, no, you may not teach that class unless you find someone who would be willing to cover that class for you on that every fifth Sunday. And so he says to me, would you do that? And I said, I don't know enough to teach a Sunday school class. He said, buy this book and read one chapter ahead, and you'll be fine. <laughs> and, so, and so I did. And after the first class that he led, his work schedule changed, and he was no longer able to come on Sunday mornings. Thus began the theological education of your pastor. <laughs> uh, William Evans was one of the great Bible teachers uh, of the 20th century. Uh, he died six years before I was born. This book is still in print. Now, I've I've dedicated this year to really helping people to go deeper in their theology. I love expository preaching, and I could, and I could, I could just do expository preaching all day long, but it, I'm, I'm reminded that it is so important for us to know what we believe and why we believe it and why it matters, that I want to take this time. Last week, we looked at the importance of the word as, as the as, as the first and last authority in our lives with regard to all things in life and faith. And if we want to know about who God is, the place that we start is right here in the Word. For the last 2,000 years, men and women have studied, prayed, meditated over Scripture to pull pieces together. There is a mystery involved in who God is that will keep us engaged for our entire lifetimes. I have friends who are in the, uh, in the magic business. And... Uh, um, 
And one of the, the things that a magician learns is never reveal how you do a trick. Never reveal. Uh, people are amazed by some of the illusions that, that magicians can do. There, there's, no, there's no supernatural thing. It's all trickery. It's, 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 it's out of, it's, the hand is quicker than the eye and there's misdirection and all this stuff. And they'll never tell you how they do the trick because once they tell you how they do the trick, then it's not a trick anymore and the mystery is gone. And you want to do something bigger and something better. And I've said before that God is the legitimate mystery in our lives. If we could understand God, if we could wrap our minds around who God is and have a full and complete understanding then we would discard him and look for the next great mystery to challenge us. That's not going to happen this side of eternity. The finite will never fully understand the infinite. But that's what's so amazing, because as finite beings, we've been created in an infinite image, which moves us to explore, to invent, to create, to understand the world around us. That's a reflection of being created in the image of God. So I brought this book today because the first chapter is on the doctrine of God. And we're going to spend a couple of weeks talking about the doctrine of of God, but just listen to the, to the outlines in this book. It's broken up into three sections. The existence of God, the nature of God, the attributes of God. Under the existence of God, we have the existence of God is, is assumed by Scripture, and, and, and by our experience of God, backed up by Scripture. But then he goes into the proofs of the existence of God. The universal belief, the cosmological belief, the teleological belief, the ontological belief, the anthropological belief, and arguments from congruity and from Scripture. Clear as mud. And then we move on to the nature of God, the spirituality of God as opposed to material. And I love when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and he says, God desires that we worship him in spirit and in truth. You, do you remember once she figures out that Jesus is somebody special, she changes the conversation. Let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you. I, I believe you're a prophet. Where, where, where are we supposed to worship on this mountain or that mountain? God is not location-specific, Jesus tells her. He's outside of creation. God is spirit, and as such, he desires that we worship him in spirit and in truth, in truth. The personality of God. God has a personality. The unity of God and the trinity of God within, within the concept of the trinity, and that'll be another Sunday. To talk about the Trinity of God, where you have three personalities, but one God. And within those three personalities, you have, you have full equality, full transparency, full unity. 
as a full expression of love. Love is never singular. There has to be something to love or to be loved by. The Trinity is amazing, and we'll get there. How am I doing here? Four more minutes. I'm good, because we've already done communion. <clears throat> the attributes of God, natural attributes and moral attributes. The natural attribute, at, bleh, easy for me to say, the natural attributes of God, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, eternal and immutable. That means he doesn't change. The moral attributes, holiness, righteousness, justice, mercy, loving kindness. Wow. This is the God that we worship. And if it doesn't boggle your mind just a little bit, then I think we need to chat. People have said, I, I can't believe in your God because any number of reasons. Well, tell me about the God you don't believe in. Chances are I don't believe in that God either. More importantly, when people say, well, you be I believe in God. Really, you believe in God. Tell me about the God that you believe in. Oftentimes today, because we have gotten away from the word, there has evolved in the United States and around the world a, a therapeutic, anecdotal Christianity that is not based in Scripture. So someone can say to me, well, pastor, I'm a Christian, but I believe that there are more than one ways to God. All religions are valid. You know what? There are a lot of things about God that I don't know. But because I'm a student of Scripture, I know that that's wrong. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. When he was in the garden on his knees, he was crying out, Lord, if there is any other way, let this cup pass from me. Can you imagine a God who would have another way and say, sorry, son, this is just one of many. No. He would either be the cruelest father of all or the most loving. If, in fact, Jesus is the only way. So I can say that categorically. No, that's wrong. You know what I'd love to be able to do is sit here and tell you what's right. But that's a concept in my mind that is evolving. And what I have discovered is that it's important for us to know what's wrong. It is a lifetime journey for us to uncover what is right. And when it comes to saying, I believe in God the Father, for me, it's more an issue of trust. And trust is stronger than belief. Because trust is an expression of faith. And it is my trust in God and my faith in who God has revealed himself to be through his word and through my own life experience with community 
that keeps me moving forward on that journey. We're going to have some great conversations in the days ahead as we go deep in our faith so that we can understand who this God is who loves us so. And I would close my sermon with this word. Jesus said to a man whose child was dying, all things are possible if you believe. And he said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org.